0: one 736 736 to get involved. Number one Juno in the game. Channel 7 News is own Mitch Cleary joins us. Mitch, hello to you.
1: Good evening, Cameron. Thanks for having me on.
0: Mate, a, a weird text off the top. Someone said, can you ask Mitch how he went at table tennis today? Were you playing table tennis?
1: I was playing table tennis. Well, I was in the in the presence of table tennis uh, the other night when I was doing my podcast, Tradies, for those that haven't okay. caught it. But... Uh, No, maybe they've got me uh, maybe a doppelganger around town
0: today. Good only hope. Hey, let's start with uh, Chris Scott. You've just gone on Channel 7 News tonight and said he's on the verge of re-signing, which he's getting close to two decades at the helm.
1: Incredible, isn't it? 2011, his first year at the helm, and he's only missed finals once since then. And now the cat's on the verge of maybe missing for the second time in his tenure at the club. But they've been talking for some time about extending him beyond his current deal, which expires the end of 2024. Learned today that that's pretty well progressed now to the stage they're just uh, dotting some I's and, and crossing some T. So Chris Scott will soon enough put pen to paper on a deal until the end of 2026, Cam, which had you said that a few seasons ago, mm. you might have questioned whether he was going to last that long. But the premiership, a bit of the rebirth of the list, you know, Selwood goes out, Hawkins probably into his last 12 months now heading into next year. Um, you know, it's a, it's a regeneration. He's done it once before. Can he take the cats to the promised land once again in that window?
0: He is obviously a big part of of how they go about their their list regeneration, almost each and every year, right? Like, and and like even we look at it now, and we're trying to break it down. Even if they miss the eight or don't, if they if they win a final, whatever it might be, we're we're trying to work out what they might do this year, or. In this offseason, but he's a big part of continually being able to do things outside the, the norm, so if he is there, it makes me think that Geelong have one, got a couple of things lined up, or two, have a real belief that they're able to do some damage again next couple of years.
1: I like your thinking in this space, and every Geelong player you speak of, they talk about Chris Scott and his mind of the game, and, and how he's as sharp as ever, and even now, you know, what is it, 13, 14 years in now at Geelong, but He's still one of the best masters when it comes to tactics and backs against the wall, even on the weekend. They got within eight points of Collingwood, probably outplayed in the second half, but they still had a chance to win that game at stages of the last quarter. The important thing when it comes to Geelong's list for me is that after everything they did at the end of last they went and got Ollie Henry, they went and got Tanner Bruin, who are going to be 10-year players for that footy club. Jack Bowes comes in, they get that pick seven as well for, for Jai Clark. They were actually able to keep their first-round pick for this year, so their future pick last year heading into this year, which depends on where they finish, could be anywhere from, what, 8 to, eight to probably 12 or 14. So that's a really important pick if they're to get busy at the draft and the trade period this year, long. So watch this space on that. Um, but Chris Scott said to be at the helm for a little longer.
0: Speaking of coaches, this Adam Simpson thing continues to bubble along. Of course, Eddie McGuire last night on Channel 9's Footy Classified suggesting that... Uh, there's meetings or the boards are sitting down. What what do you make of it? It's been a, a disgusting year for West Coast. And although, you know, a week and a half ago, they had Essendon beat into the last 90 seconds at Marvel Stadium. And there felt like a little bit of late season momentum after a win uh, against North Melbourne. But then, of course, what happens? They get blown out by their, their arch rival. What can you tell us about Adam Simpson and his future?
1: Yeah, all I know is that there is a board meeting in the next two weeks that will decide his future. Clearly, the loss in a Derby of that nature, 100 points, the biggest ever loss in a Derby, a Western Derby, is not going to bode well for a coach who's now had five triple-figure losses in a single season. Only, I think you have to go back years until that's happened. Even GWS in their first year had five. Gold Coast had three in their first year. So that shows where West Coast is at. And even with the list generation of their side at the moment, Hearn goes out, Chewy, and then Nick Nat in in the space of what, three weeks or all retire. So it's only, in my opinion, only going to get worse before it gets better for the Eagles in terms of where their list is at. Now, there was a school of thought that, you know, putting in an untried coach or a, a new coach would only make matters worse. You know, you look at other coaches that have gone into, you know, the melting pot previously with a with a list like that. And, you know, two years in, over a typical three-year deal coaches get when they, they start – they're already under pressure. So maybe the thought was, well, Adam Simpson could go 12 more months, take a bit more heat off the list. You know, they're still going to be pretty poor next year. Um, but I think the tide has turned now with the West Coast Board now contemplating sacking Adam Simpson, which you then get to the money side of things. Well, he's got a watertight contract. Mm-hmm. Unlike Brett Ratton last year at St Kilda, who as an afl assistant club, St Kilda had the chance to pay him out six months of a two-year deal. Adam Simpson's 24 months owing on his contract is watertight. So it's the best part of, Of two million dollars they would owe him then whatever incurs off the back of that in terms of the the soft cap tax that comes with it if there's one club in the comp that's in a position to do that it is west coast so it's decision time in the next two weeks the board, I can't see anything happening before their game this weekend, but uh, to watch this space after the game against the Dogs on so, Sunday.
0: So I'll put this to you. Uh, you reported last Friday night that Josh Carr had put his hand up and said uh, thanks but no thanks to applying or continuing the, the process at Richmond. Everybody started thinking succession plan. Ken Hinckley announced a couple of days ago and Port Adelaide have, have put it on the table that it's not a succession plan, even though that continues to be the whisper. I'll put it to you that Josh Carr feels or has been in a conversation with someone from the West, that that West Coast Eagles job is actually possibly going to be up for grabs in the not-too-distant future, and he would be the number one guy.
1: It's an interesting point. It is interesting, um, because the, the Richmond process, they had approached Josh Carroll, made made noise to his camp, that, hey, you probably should throw your hat in the ring here. I think you're a fair contender when it comes to the, the Richmond vacancy. The only part of what you've just mentioned is is Josh Carr spent obviously time at Fremantle as a yep. player, and then had bookended his career at the Power, where where he won a flag as a player. He's just come out of Fremantle as an assistant coach. Um, so having moved four kids and his young family mm-hmm. from WA back to Adelaide, would he be in a position to do that? Well, I guess senior coaching jobs don't come up all that often. But having you know having him in that situation and Richmond up to his eyeballs in that job and then pulling out. It would be a surprise, but then again, maybe he's got more of an affinity with Perth than he does in the thought of living in Melbourne. So he's an interesting point of the coaches available. He's had state league success. He's been the... who many believe has been a, one of the key parts, if not the key part, of Port Adelaide's revival this year. So... Yeah, I'm sure he'll be a man in demand and West Coast would be silly not to look at him if it falls that way that they do part ways with Adam Simpson.
0: Just on the Eagles, Harley Reid, or at least the number one pick. I feel that you know too often we do this, but understandably why. We talk about the number one pick most certainly being Harley Reid, although the only other guy that gets mentioned by people who know more about it than I is already heading to the Gold Coast Sun. So Harley Reid, number one pick. Where do you sit with West Coast and their position currently and what they are thinking they should do with it?
1: I just look at what West Coast did last year. They had picked two and then decided to to split that for two WA kids, Elijah yep. Hewitt and Reuben Jindy. So they had the chance to go to the draft last year um, and take Sheezel or Wardwell after Cadman, you know, after that trade with the Giants. So I just look at that and think, yeah, Harley Reid's a country kid, so different to Sheasel and Wardwall who are both Metro Victorians, uh, who probably, you know, with the go-home factor there's 10 clubs to pick from in or nine clubs to pick from in Metro Melbourne, whereas Harley Reid's going to have to move wherever he gets taken. So there mm. is that factor. But even just the thought that the West Coast Eagles did it last year to split that one pick into two um, gives me thought that maybe they might do it again, given what's on the table with, you know, Daniel Curtin, who's seen as a top five pick. Um, they could, you know, could move back a couple of spots and, and still nab him. I heard... I think, Michael Ablett last week, comparing him to Matthew Pavlich. And we know the success he had in his career in the West. So, I'm still in the camp of them trading that out. Happy to be proven wrong. I'd love to see Harley Reid go in there and just dominate a footy club and and bring that footy club up on his own because he's capable of doing that. But... I do think West Coast's recent history suggests they might be thinking
0: otherwise. I, I think a lot of it might actually depend on what happens with the Ben Mackay compensation pick because yeah. it's an interesting one. And, uh, of course, that special source that we don't know specifically what it is. I know that we have a sort of frame guideline around, you know, if it hits 800,000, it's a straight after your first round pick, whatever it might be. But if North Melbourne lose him and it ends up being pick three, I could see West Coast saying... We'll give you pick one north and pick 19 for picks two and three. And then North Melbourne can put Harley Reed with Wardlaw and Sheasel and build not dissimilar to how Port Adelaide are doing it right now with with Butters, Rosie and, and Horn Francis. And West Coast go and get the, the two best West Australian kids at two and three. Keeping in mind that three of the top 12 to 15 kids are already linked to the Gold Coast Suns through their academy. So it is a little bit of a different... Draft than what we've seen maybe in recent years.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that, and gee, North Melbourne would be uh, pretty eager, at, you know, with that situation. Then you have got the other factor at North Melbourne of Riley Sanders, who's the kid from Tassie, starred for the Allies in the national championships, has in recent times um, had a you know a, a Indigenous um, scholarship granted at one of the schools here in Melbourne. I think Caulfield Grammar, off the top of my head, um, and then. You get the situation where North Melbourne's currently lobbying behind the scenes with the AFL of whether they would be able to get access to him as well. So, gee, if you can throw Harley Reid plus you know Riley Sanders into the into the mix, uh, that would be uh, that would be some serious firepower for that club. That you know I think it's tonight bracing for, to lose Ben McKay. Mm. You know Essendon in the mix, Port Adelaide, Sydney as well. I just think it's a matter of where uh, and. I just look at that deal a few years ago, Cam, with Brisbane and Essendon that just fabricated a deal where Joe Danaher got a three-year deal on good money to go to Brisbane. Essendon got a first-round compo pick. Uh, I could see something similar happening with with Ben Mackay and and, uh, North Melbourne getting an early pick. I think
0: within the rules, if the AFL, they don't want to grant priority picks, and, and we've seen all that before, and I understand when clubs ask for them, but I think within the rules, if North Melbourne and West Coast could get... And greatly benefited from this off season around Sanders, around the Ben Mackay thing, around draw, high draft picks, and they can get better or at least get kids in who can be developed into making them better quickly. I think it's a it's a win win situation. Hey, just on the West Coast Eagles, Tom he like he's yeah, it's the news has come out that he's one hundred percent committed to staying at the West Coast Eagles. Well, do you think they would be? Oh, look, they want him because he's their reigning best and fairest. Player and he's absolutely a star, but he's also the guy that holds the most trade currency, really. Uh, Would it have worked a bit more for the Eagles had he have said, I'm prepared to go to Sydney, like being rumoured?
1: Potentially, but then you look at the back line with McGovern, there's not much else there, and McGovern Mm. has barely played this year. So, And that's what, you know, if Mackay leaves North Melbourne, they're left pretty thin. I was interested to see on afl.com.au yesterday, Sydney's list manager, Kenny Beats, and say it was actually the brass camp that approached them Second time around this year, having the Swans gone hard at Barass a couple of years ago, that foot fell flat. Then it was this time around, uh, they got a call from Barass's manager, Nick Geishan saying, hey, you should have a look at Tom again, you know, three or four years later. So, Mm. interesting now that he then decides to to stay at the Eagles. I'm still not putting a line through it. I know that people might laugh at that, thinking, oh, you know, there's been strong reports he's staying. I haven't heard that out of Tom Barass's mouth yet. And it's still eight weeks between now and the end of the trade period. Dane Beams once said at a Brisbane Best and Ferris cam that, that he wanted to stay at the Lions and he gave an emotional speech and then he requested a trade four days later and he was black back wearing black and white. So I don't know, I never say never. Um, Tom Barass has changed his heart once. can he change his heart again to go back. To having his mind twisted by Sydney, who
0: knows? Lastly, before we let you go, Mitch Cleary, Channel 7 News, joins us 7 AFL, uh, the Trade is Podcast. You can grab that. Him and Sam McClure uh, forever getting abusive calls from list managers of clubs, no doubt, on the back of that. It's good gear. Um, is, it, is it going to be an off season or a, uh, an AFL trade period that is a little lower? than we have seen in previous years. A lot of the free agents, I know Ben McKay, and Darcy Parrish is still out there, but they're very good footballers but not legit superstars as we've seen in, in recent years and there's always been something bubbling away. Do you think something is going to come out of nowhere and blow this whole thing apart? Or do you think we're set for a quite unusual off-season when it comes to trades in the free agency world?
1: All I'd say is there will be one... Top 10 player at a comp right now that we haven't spoken about who will mm. get traded. That, that, I don't know who that is, and that's what our job is for the next eight weeks. But the last few years, Lockie Neal, Brody Grundy, there's just one, Adam Trelaw. The last few years, there's just been one. So I'm waiting to see who that is. In saying that, and speaking of Grundy, I'm expecting, you know, still to watch this space and that. Does he keep his spot? Where does that? you know, go heading into finals. Um, they've backed him in for now, but is he going to hold his spot heading into finals? That is the big watch for me. And with four years left on his contract and probably two or three years of that behind Max Gorn, is he prepared to waste or, or just sit idle for two years of his career? Um, you know, there would be three clubs, Geelong, Sydney and Port Adelaide, not to mention a few others, that would throw themselves in the kitchen sink at Brodie Grundy. So... I think there's still a bit to play out on that front, plus a player or two that we probably haven't thought of, and uh, that's what's going to spice it up. But in terms of the overall, like, you know, Miles Bergman stays. You know, Barras looks like he probably stays. Um, Cosby Pickett, we thought at the start, year might have been one to watch. He stays. So it feels like a few of these guys who could have moved are staying. Uh, not, to, You know, that's not to think, though, that there might be one or two that we haven't spoken about still to come.
0: Uh, a couple of ticks asking about the Bulldogs here. I think the Bulldogs have got the most interesting off-season of any club in the league. And I'm not talking about Luke Beveridge, who, of course, has continually spoken about in the last couple of weeks. But they've got, you know, Norton, English, Jamara, Ugelhagen, and Bailey Smith all out of contract in 12 months' time. And they're four of their most important 10 players. And from a marketing point of view, you can argue that they could all ask for a million dollars per. And you don't want to get into that last year. Like, very rarely, Mitch, do we see teams with four high-profile best players actually out of contract in the same year. So uh, I think the Western Bulldogs off-season is going to be very interesting. Hey, uh, love your work, man. Always, always. We'll talk soon. Good to catch up, Cam. Seven News, Mitch Cleary, the man. Quick break. In fact, he's about to be the number one man. I didn't want to embarrass him, but I'm assuming now that Tom Brown is uh, headed to what he sees as Green Departures, our man Mitch Cleary about to be number one at Channel 7. Quick break. What are you most looking forward to? It's on the other side of this.